Our passage this morning is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Thank you, Duane, for reading God's word for us this morning. Well, as we come to the passage this morning, I'm going to show you a little cool thing that I can do on my phone. That's pretty cool. And the guys in the back are like, what just happened? Who let him do that? Well, in, in our, I won't keep doing it. I promise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it away. Let me turn it back on. If I got it wrong, guys, if you can fix it for me, thank you very much. In, in our, it was, I'm so glad I didn't have the ability to do that when I was 12, right? You're all glad. My parents are glad because I totally would not have done that in a righteous way. But... Light and darkness. This passage, as Dwayne just read, talks about light and darkness. And it's interesting, in the natural world, as we think about science, light and darkness matters. Like, if there is darkness, nasty things grow in darkness. Disease tends to grow in darkness. Things don't grow in darkness. The astronauts didn't come back from the moon and go, look at this really cool plant I found on the dark side of the moon. Things don't grow in the dark. Things can fester. Things can mold in the dark. Now, in the light, we see something different. Right? You maybe have experienced, like in the springtime, when the sun comes out in the morning, this always amazes me. Like the, the new buds kind of close up at night, and then when the sun comes out, they just like, and the light makes them blossom. It's shown. Like if you get more sunlight, you are healthier. You experience that. The light exposes what's going on, and the, and the light brings health. So there's something there to, to see. But as we look at the passage, it's not just these natural things that we see that happen. It's not just that light exposes dark things. And certainly light does expose darkness, right? All you need is a little bit of light and you expose darkness. Darkness isn't anymore. If you've been found yourself in a closet with the door shut and the lights off, hopefully not because your sibling put you in there and shut it, though that may have happened in our family at some point in time. 
when you're in there, even the light that, that shines underneath the door pierces the darkness. So as we talk about light and darkness, as we look at this passage, light is a metaphor for knowledge of God, of understanding God, of understanding his word, of understanding his will, understanding his gospel. And darkness for us is a metaphor for ignorance. Ignorance of the things of God, but also of rebellion against God. That's what darkness is as we look at this passage. And Paul is telling us, as you remember, Paul is telling us to be imitators of God. Remember back in verse one of this passage that we looked at a few weeks ago, be imitators of God as beloved children. We are now imitators of God because we are in Christ. So live in light of the fact that you are in Christ is what he says. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So even Jesus says those who are going to be his followers are going to walk in the light. They're not going to walk in darkness. So as we look at this passage, we're going to kind of look at it in three categories. One is going to be we don't we no longer walk in darkness. We don't walk along with those who pursue darkness. We we are children of light, and that looks like something, and we are called to expose the light. So we'll unpack those things. So the first thing we're going to look at is here. We are no longer in darkness. Look back at your Bibles at verse 7. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. Well, who are them? Remember what we studied last week in, in verse, verses 4 to 6, verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience are those who reject God's words, who reject God's actions. Those are the people who walk in darkness. Those who call evil good and sadly call good evil. That's what it's talking about, the sons of disobedience. And so Paul says, don't become partakers with them. And you might ask the question, okay, what does that mean? Like, like, can you just tell me who those people are? Maybe I just shouldn't hang out with those people. Is that what you're saying? Well, in, in some respects, yes. We're not, to, we're not to walk like we're still in darkness. So who we choose as friends matters. Are your friendships characterized by light or darkness? Are you walking with those who are walking in darkness or walking with those who are walking in the light? Now, we'll talk about sharing the gospel with people intentionally, but there's a reality. If you have a friendship that draws you away from Christ, it's doing the opposite of what Paul tells us here. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. If, you, if you're hanging with those who are cursing God 
And if you aren't hanging with them without some measure of prayer and intentionality, you can let your guard down and you can run back to the old self. Now, I'm not saying that we should not hang out with folks like that. I'm not saying that we should become monks and go live in a monastery somewhere and never engage with people who aren't just like us. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we must be aware. Who are we hanging out with? Do your friendships draw you away from Christ? Do you have friendships that, that actually make you complacent? So what I'm thinking about is Revelation 3. I just read this this week in my, my devotional time. This is what Jesus says in Revelation 3. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. I thought about bringing my bottle of water up and just kind of. But I love the Gearhart family and they sit in the front. So. But that's serious, like lukewarm. Jesus calls us to be all in. Do your friendships cause you to be lukewarm? So maybe you've got some friends that they aren't, they're just like pursuing the gates of hell and causing you to engage in all kinds of debauchery. That's like super bad, nasty sin, if you know what that means. But when you hang out with them, it doesn't really stir you up towards Christ. You just kind of just, you're nice and... It's fun. You laugh at things. Maybe you laugh at some things. You're like, ah, I wish I didn't laugh at that. But, you know, it was fun. Do they, do they make you complacent? Or do your friendships encourage you to be more like Christ? As Hebrews 10 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are committed to Christ's church because we know that the relationships that God has given us stir us up. They, they give us joy. They give us a safe place. They encourage us in our walk with Jesus. They're not just like, oh, I got to have these church people relationships. No, there is joy that's experienced. I love this about you. I love the joy that I see and in, in the relationships that happen and the conversations that happen before church and after church. I love that. That is a sign that you are walking in the light. When you have those relationships, when they stir you up, who are you hanging out with? Who's influencing you? Are your friendships pointing you to Christ? Or are you becoming partakers with those who are drawing your heart away? You got to ask that question. And then I think also, as we think about the fact that we no longer walk in darkness, it's not just our friendships, but also what is it that we consume? What are we consuming on, on our phones on our TVs or in other means? What are we consuming? What's the standard that you have? Because I can tell you this. I know what your standard will be because I know what my standard is if I try to make my standard at 1230 at night after having worked a long day and not gotten much sleep the night before. I can tell you what it will be. I tell this to people in premarital counseling all the time. What's your conviction about purity? Do you have a conviction about purity? Because I can tell you what my conviction of purity was 
at 10.30 at night if I didn't have a conviction before I got there. Because Angie looked really good when we first started dating, and she still looks really good. But we won't talk about that there. You, what's, what's the standard that God has called you to? Have you prayed through what discernment looks like in your home? Are you equipping your children to be discerning? It's not about watch this, don't watch that. Are you, when you watch something, you're saying, what are they trying to tell me? What are they trying to convince me of? Ultimately, just we don't want to let our emotions drive our standard of truth. We want this to drive our standard of truth. And so how do we not... How do we not walk with them? How do we not become partakers with them? Well, we partake of that which God has given us with joy. We seek to understand his word. If we want to be discerning, we we understand God's word. We're in fellowship with God's people. Now, we then are called, if you look back at your Bible, so we're not just called to say no to those relationships or that lifestyle, but... It says, at one time you were darkness, so that's who you were before, that's not who you are now, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. That doesn't mean you get some crazy Christmas sweater that has lights on it. No, we... We walk as children of light because we, we reflect the sun. We're, we're more like the moon. Jesus is like the sun. The sun generates light. The moon, you see, you see light at night from the moon, but the moon isn't generating the light. The, the moon is reflecting the light. And so we reflect the light of Christ that doesn't come from us, but God does a transforming work in us, and he calls us to walk in that. That's who we are now. We're to reflect his light. Don't walk in darkness. Reflect the fruit of light is found, it says in verse 9, in all that is good and right and true. That means we live generously. That when it talks about goodness there, it's not just like general goodness. But no, a heart that wants to give, a heart that's leaning in, a heart that's selfless, sacrificing, one that's living rightly, has integrity, has the absence of falsehood in their life. You could even say the the fruit of the spirit is being displayed. That's what we're called to, to walk as children of light. So you're like, okay, okay, I'm supposed to be walking as as a child of light, what, what is that supposed to mean? What does that look like? <clears throat> when you think about darkness and light, we can often feel like it's just about avoiding things. But the Christian life isn't, just a, isn't about avoiding things. It's about pursuing Christ. It's leaning in. It's living transparently because a child of light has nothing to hide because our sins are forgiven. Now I get there's a challenge like in the Christian community because we, we walk in the church and we kind of come with, with a badge on. And that badge is like, I'm okay. I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm okay. Some of you wear it up here. 
I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. Maybe some of you are like, I, you know, I got a mask. I'm okay. I am okay. Everything is okay. Or I have no problems. Got no problems. No problems here because I'm a Christian and I got, I got no problems. Don't want you to know. I got, a, I got a great big smile. I want you to see every Sunday. We can walk around with that that badge, that sign, that mask, whatever you want to call it. But here's the deal. This is me. I have problems. Jesus isn't calling us to perfection in this text. He's calling us to transparency, to being transparent, to living in the light. Why? Because we are now children of God. We talked about that earlier in, in chapter five. We're beloved children. We are those for whom Christ died. God loved you enough that he sent his son to pay the penalty for your sins. He loves you. I love you. We need to get this. Because walking as children of light doesn't mean we now all obey perfectly. If that's what it is, we should just end right now because I'm going to be super discouraged. But it's living in transparency with one another. So not just saying, I'm fine. I'm doing well. No. Christian maturity is greater dependence upon God and his people. So when I say dependence on God, that's God and his word and dependence on his people. It's not greater independence. Do you believe that? Like maturity is greater dependence, not independence. Teenagers, I want to talk to you for a minute. If you're here, uh, maturity is not independence. It's dependence. I know you're kind of like, as soon as I can get out of the house. Life will be amazing because I will be in charge and that will be freedom. But adults, we, we functionally act the same way. If I'm not transparent, I can do what I want. I can hide this thing. Parents, if you want your kids to walk transparently and, and teens, Christian maturity is walking in the light. And parents, if you want your kids to walk in the light, the, the first thing to teach them is actually to show them. Show them that you walk in the light. Live transparently. Have you created a culture in your home where you will receive input from your children? And you're like, whoa. It's hard. It's hard to live transparently. It's hard to live transparently enough in your small group, but you want my kids to tell me I got stuff going on? Do what, what do we have to hide? You're not hiding anything from your kids, no matter how old your kids are. Like, don't, don't be deceived, like, like thinking, oh, the kids don't know. They know. They watch you. They watch us. That's why this, this happened in my home. I'm on the phone with one child, so they're all going to remain nameless. Okay, I'm talking with one child. I happen to have them on speakerphone. We're talking about something, and they go, 
Dad, you sound angry with me. And I'm going, I'm not angry right now. I'm not angry at all. We're just talking about some things in your life. And so then there's another child. And I go, hey, hey, wh what do you think? Do, you know, that's what they said. What are you hearing? Well, I could see what they're saying. And I'm like, what? You can see what they're saying. Well, I can see your face. You're not angry right now, but I can understand why they feel like you're angry. Oh, and it's brought conviction, but that didn't happen just in that conversation. I'm, I'm still having to work through that. So when I'm talking about these things being transparent in your home, I'm still working through it. Okay, I, I'm still growing. I'm not, I've not arrived. I know you've not arrived, but are you creating a culture in which you're transparent? Are your friends able to ask you those hard questions? Because then you got to deal with stuff. But the goodness is there. Now I can address that. Now I can walk in the light. I can ask my friends. I can say, hey, I sound angry on the phone. What's going on there? What can I do to express grace and care and love? And that's just one thing. I got plenty of things to grow in. I know you got things to grow in. But do you have relationships where there's no secrets? Where you are completely honest? Where someone can ask you anything? You know, where... Someone can come to your device and look at anything. Do you, is there a twinge in your heart? Like, I don't know if I want someone to do that. That's a question you need to ask before the Lord. Lord, am I walking in the light? We, we, want, we want to do that. We can go, but, but don't they trust me? It has nothing to do with trust. It has everything to do with walking in the light. Having someone else know what's going on with your devices is not about them not trusting you. It's about you saying, oh, I want to walk in the light because I know when I walk in the light, there's blessing that comes from walking in the light. There's blessing that comes. So I want there to be guys who can ask me any question. And here's the, the other level of living, walking in the light is, are you going to answer honestly? When they go, hey, you asked me to ask you about this. Well, you all know that your friend isn't God. They weren't there, and you can totally use all the good Christian words and gloss it all over, right? Gloss it all. I can make it sound like I'm doing just fine. Nope, I'm okay. I just had a couple marshmallows. I should have had a salad. We're good. But we do that with more serious things. Are we transparent? Now, I love you. I know it's hard to be transparent. It's hard to put yourself out there because you've been burned. I've been burned. I know what it's like for you to just be real with some friends and then they tell other people about your stuff. They don't do it to help you. They do that to hurt you. You might have been there. You might be there right now. I get it's hard. I get it can be hard. But God wants us to walk in the light, walk as children of light. God wants us to be encouraged because when we walk in the light, the culture we want to build as we walk in the light isn't just, hey, can, can this friend 
keep you from doing something that's wrong. No, the friends that we want to surround ourselves with are the ones that are pointing us to Jesus. That's why we do small group. We do small group, yes, so that we can care for one another, but I don't always like the word accountability because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like I'm, I'm just going to sit down with a group of guys and play the whack-a-mole game, only I'm the mole. And they're just going to like start whacking me and I'm just going to try to dodge it. That's not what fellowship is supposed to be. Fellowship is meant to come alongside so that we can be in a place that's safe. So when someone comes and shares something unexpected and hard, we come alongside them and we care for them. We walk with them. So when we're in fellowship, walking in the light, it's not about just bringing our our struggle and then just drop it, that's it. No, we walk together. We walk together. But ultimately, we want to point one another to Jesus because how are we going to reflect Christ if we aren't in his presence, if we don't point people to Jesus? It's just like the -the glow-in-the-dark stuff, right? You have something glow-in-the-dark at your house, toy, article of clothing. If you leave it in the drawer and you pull it out at 9 o'clock at night, it doesn't glow. Why? Because it probably has something on the tag that says something clever, like, if you want me to shine in the night, you need to keep me in the light. And it's funny, you're just like, oh, but it's true, right? If I want that thing to shine, I got to be in the light. If you want to shine, we, we want to spend time with Jesus. We want to be encouraged with God's people so that when we are confronted with darkness. It's not this, it's not this, okay, I got to stop doing this. No, like the light shines. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. That's what, what Jesus is. That's what Jesus said. So we want to live. Certainly we don't want to walk in the old way. We want to live transparently. We want to walk as children of light, but then God calls us to expose the darkness just like, ah, wow, that seems like a big job, exposing the darkness. What does that completely mean? If you look back at your Bibles, verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. So certainly we want to expose darkness in our own life. The The first place that we start is exposing darkness in our own light. Before we think about what else that means, we want to come and confess. If we're not going to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness, we come and confess. Again, I know it's hard to be transparent. Confession sounds scary because it is scary. And I haven't, I haven't figured out how to make this easy. I've walked with Jesus for probably 30 years now. And even when God like brings great conviction on my heart about something and makes it clear, I need to go talk to this brother about this. I'm still, my conversation kind of looks like this. Hey, I want to talk to you about something, but then I want to talk to you about this over here. And oh, about this. And you know, about this thing that I ate, I want to tell you about that. And then I talk to you about this other thing. It's still hard for me to just come right out and 
say it. But there's a freedom that comes when we confess our sins because we bring it out into the light. Because the reality is, as we find ourselves in sin, it has control over us. But when you bring it into the light, it loses its power. It loses its power over you so that you can find freedom. The enemy wants you to keep it a secret, but God wants you to experience freedom. Now, I know it's hard. Again, I know it's hard when you bring something up because what you see is what's going to happen to you in the short term. Because sometimes when you, when you confess something, it hurts other people. There's like collateral damage. Maybe there's other people involved or people didn't know about what was going on. I... I experienced that reality when I was a kid, not, not from a spiritual standpoint, but in Sunday school class, uh, one time I was fiddling with a pencil and I stabbed myself with the pencil in fourth grade. Yeah. You're just like, you're, you're bonehead. Yes. I stabbed myself with a pencil so much so that I needed to go to the doctor because I broke the lead off in my hand. And so we go to the doctor and uh, I just loved going to the doctor because needles were not my friend. And so they come and that, so that initial thing that happened there with getting the needle out and putting it in, I was like, no, ah, you know, you might as well cut my arm off. I didn't do good at all. I screamed. You, some of you have infant children that didn't scream as loud as I did when I was in fourth grade. I'm sad to say that's just true. And so then the doctor puts this wonderful stuff in my hand called Novocaine. And of course you can't feel anything, but then he's doing things. You're like, he's doing a lot over there. I can't look, but he's, he's digging pretty deep. Did he go all the way through? I don't know if he went all the way through. He cleans it up. He puts two stitches in. Then the pain medication wears off and it's hurts again, but eventually it heals and it's better. Friends, that's a picture of what happens with confession sometimes. Like, it's hard initially when we come. Like, it feels like this can't be good, but it is. And there is a reality. Like, as if I open my hand up super wide, I can still see the scar. And so sometimes there are scars there. But it's been healed because I got it cleaned out. So when you come with confession... The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but not just confession. He calls us to repentance. And what repentance simply is, it's not just us vocalizing, confessing, opening up and bringing the sin into the light, but also we're turning from it. Like we were walking this direction. We were walking the way we shouldn't go and we're turning and going the other direction. Repentance doesn't mean that we completely arrive over here and we're done. It's a process sometimes. Because when you're walking in this direction, you're used to walking in this direction. That's just kind of where you go. Just like when you drive places, right? How many times have you gone to drive somewhere and you're like, we're not supposed to go here. This is where I go every day, Monday through Friday. We don't go because the car's going straight, road's going straight. And when we're, we're steeped in a behavior that we need to change and sin that we need to change, sometimes we're just kind of used to going this way. But, but we turn the other way. That's why we need friends that help us in the process of repentance, of changing. We're going the other direction. And the more we go the other direction, the easier it is to just go that direction. Confession and repentance. We're changing 
course because walking darkness isn't who you are because of what Christ has done. If you've trusted in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And to follow Jesus means total surrender. It's not just praying a prayer. Following Jesus means saying, not my will, but yours be done. I'm gonna completely surrender my life to Christ. Because this thing that we come to, the church, isn't a social club. The people who are here are those for whom Christ died. And you are one if you have trusted in him. And I want to exhort you to consider what Christ has done, that he went to the cross to pay the penalty for sins, but the call is complete surrender. Will you surrender your life to him if you haven't? Will you surrender your life to him? Because God wants to do more than just transform behavior in your life. Look back at the passage. If anything that becomes, verse 14, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. There's blessing that comes with living transparently in the light. There's blessing that comes to walking with Jesus. It does not mean a problem-free life. It doesn't but it does mean a life full of joy. Love that story we heard earlier of that girl who, who was embraced and understood love for the first time through a simple means of a cake and she can't control herself. Friends, when we realize that our coming into the light is coming into the place of the one who loved us so much he sent his son for us, we realize that's not a scary place. It's a scary place if you're not in Christ, but it's a place to come and experience forgiveness and cleansing and for him to strengthen you and help you to grow. And there's joy in that and there's blessing that comes from that. There's encouragement that comes from that. And there's many stories that are right in front of me right now where you've experienced that. So we expose the darkness personally by confession and repentance, but we also expose the darkness by sharing the gospel. Jesus is the light of the world. When we share the gospel, it shines light on in the midst of darkness because people are in darkness. Now, shining the light and exposing the darkness does not mean that we become jerks, okay? When, when we share the gospel, is isn't for us to go, hey, you really are terrible. Your life is horrible. You do this wrong, you do this wrong, you do this wrong. You should really stop doing that. That's not sharing the gospel. You've heard me tell the story about the guy on my college campus. Every fall, uh, in the first couple of weeks of school, he would stand in the middle of campus. He would have this big banner of a sign that just named all kinds of actions of sins. And he would yell at people. You go to the bar. You whore. You're unrighteous. You drink yourself silly. And on and on and on. He was angry. That's not sharing the gospel. 
That's not exposing darkness. No, exposing the darkness happens when you, the Christian, come come to know Christ. I know it's not time to light this candle, but I'm going to do it anyway. You come to faith in Christ. And you're like, man, I, I got a lot of work to do. I still... I still have a lot of work to do, but, but I got a story. I was blind and now that I see. Hey, I want, I've experienced the love from this man named Jesus. And when you're in the midst of darkness, the light's gonna shine. Whether you think that you have this slick gospel presentation, when you simply share the story of how you came to know Christ, when you share the truth of, of God's holiness and man's sinfulness and that Jesus has come, then you simply make the call. Are you willing to surrender your life to Christ? Because the issue isn't about changing people's behavior. It's introducing them to Jesus. Remember, we learned about this when we studied Matthew. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Don't hide it under a lamp. Put it on a stand so that it gives light to all who are in the house. That's what it says. Just live your life before them. Love them. Share Christ with them. And in so doing, you will expose the darkness. In the same way, those who loved me into the kingdom, who prayed me into the kingdom, they look different. And sometimes they just looked weird to me. But there was something different about them. And that is you. God wants to use you to expose the darkness. And he is using you to expose the darkness by, by living your life and pleading with them that they are blind. They're separated from God and they need Christ. Jesus will bring about the conviction that's needed. He will. He'll bring about the conviction that's needed. And you're going to have people who are going to oppose you as you share the gospel. Jesus promises us that. So sharing the gospel doesn't mean that everyone is going to receive it or welcome it. Some are going to oppose you in it. But you can still be the light of Christ, even in the midst of those situations. And we're not going to expose darkness by beating their head against the wall. Maybe, maybe be there when the bottom falls out for them. Maybe be there when they find themselves in a place where they've tried to find joy or peace or hope in substances and relationships, in money, in everything that is enticing us. And, and they will come to a place where this isn't happening. Why does that person whose life is not perfect, who seems like they have difficulties coming their way, why are they so different? Because you're a child of the king and you're reflecting his light. That God will give the opportunity. And the last way that we expose the darkness is when God gives us opportunity to go into corrupt places in the world, we go there to expose. And 
I didn't plan this. It wasn't it just kind of worked out the way the Sunday went. But what Nora is going to do is exposing the darkness. She's going to go take video of people who've experienced horrible, wretched things so that others can know, so that more gospel ministry can happen, where rescue can happen, where not only the gospel can be preached, but people can be saved from horrible situations where young girls are trafficked and children are sold. When we contribute to those kinds of ministries or partake in being a part of those kinds of ministries, we expose the darkness and the light shines. Some of you are doing that right now. Some of you engage with with women who have unwanted pregnancy and you counsel them and you care for them. You're light in the midst of the darkness. So it's not so much, you know, sometimes the light will shine just because we, we show up and say, God, use me. Now, friends, back to the text before we finish. There is the call for us to not walk as we once walked. There is the call for us to expose darkness. There is the call for us to walk as children of light. But we must remember when we are called out of darkness, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. God wants to use you. Don't let your sin or struggle keep you from being used. Come confess it. There, we have means. You have that card. You don't have to get it out now. Take it home. Reach out. We want to be a means of grace to you to help you, to walk with you so that you can experience the blessing of Christ, not the brokenness of sin. But when you think about confession, when you think about living transparently, remember this, when Jesus came, John tells us this in the beginning of the gospel of John, John 1, 4, and 5, in him was life. He's talking about Jesus, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Friends, we often think about, yeah, this light shines. And well, you can easily just go and it blows out. <laughs> Not the light of Jesus. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Jesus is building his church. He crushed the enemy when he won the victory at the cross. He crushed the enemy as he defeated death when he rose from the dead and he's coming back again. So when we talk about living as children of light, we are living in anticipation of the return of the king, the one who when we see him, we will be like him just as he is. Let's pray. Father, As we come, this passage has freedom in it and weight. So as we come, church, let's respond. Let's respond where you are. As, you go, as we go to pray, I want to encourage you to pray right where you're at and engage with God. 
Engage with God. Start by engaging with God in thankfulness. Because we can often begin at the place of of difficulty and struggle. Begin with thankfulness. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for ways that he has changed you. Thank God for ways that you do see him working. Let's just start there. You don't have to do it out loud. Just in the spot where you are, engage with God and just come and say, God, I praise you for, I thank you for. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the loving church family that's here that has provided a safe place for me, that's provided a safe place for others to come as they are, broken and weary. Yet meet the Savior. Thank you, God, for doing that. Well, now, as we continue to pray, I want to encourage you to just engage with God about something that he's brought conviction about. I don't, I don't know what that is. I believe the spirit of God is working in you to reveal maybe there's hidden sin in your life that you need to bring to him because it's not hidden from him. Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's been selfishness. Just come before the Lord. Know that when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Just come before him right now because he's asking you to come. You're his child. So just come right now. Father, I pray that those who are here that have found themselves in secret places, that you would connect them with someone before they leave here today. Lord, that you would give them greater intimacy with their small group and with friendships, Lord, where they can be strengthened, where they can be helped right where they're at. Lord, I thank you, God, that you forgive our sin and that you give us the church to walk alongside of us. So let's just ask, because we're going to need help to do any of these things. We need help. So just, just engage with God. God, help me to, and whatever it is that's in front of you, it may be helping you to engage with, with others about you, but maybe it's, Lord, help me to build a culture in my home. Help me to build a culture in my small group. Help me to build the culture in our church where transparency can happen, where the light of Christ shines like a blazing fire. Just come and ask God. Father, we ask you to do that. We ask you to come. We ask you to come and help us. Help us, Lord, to be transparent. Help us to walk as children of light. We know the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, but we know the affliction that the enemy constantly brings. So we ask God for your protection. We ask God for your help. God, and help us to be helpful to others. Help us to not be shocked when others struggle. Help us to come alongside with them, to weep with those who weep, to walk arm in arm as they struggle through to grow. God, give us the grace to do that. May we be a body. That's the place where people can be broken, 
so that they can experience redemption and forgiveness and healing so that they can be strengthened to go back out. And so, Lord, we just yield to you right now. Lord, you, you need to continue to work in us. These things that we've been studying over the last few weeks, God, I believe you want to continue to work in us. Lord, may we yield to you over the coming weeks and months to what your will is for us. Because ultimately, Lord, we want to shine your light. We want to be a ray of hope in the midst of darkness because you have transformed us and saved us. We ask all this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.